Wow. Welcome back to season three of the Chalice Chasers podcast. We're on the eve of the new MLB 2023 season, and I cannot be more excited for baseball to be back. Joining us tonight for the first time are two guests instead of one. First, we have Mike Gleason, who won the Chalice Chasers League last year. Mike lapped the rest of the league throughout the year because of the historic run from Aaron Judge. And he also lapped the guest in terms of uh, podcast appearances. Mike's joining us for the second time in less than a year, and we're ecstatic to have him. Next, we also have Kevin Wigand joining us to discuss the uh, the fantasy baseball draft that we just had and uh, do a fun little game with Mike and I where we uh, we draft our uh, favorite and least favorite picks from the draft. And so it's kind of funny that uh, I have Mike and Kevin joining me here because uh, between the three of us, we've actually won the last four Chalice Chaser um, leagues. I know I have an asterisk for 2020, but uh, my guests joining me tonight do not. They uh, are very distinguished and uh, have solidified themselves in the records book. So now, without further ado, welcome, Mike and Kevin. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Steve, thanks for uh, getting this on the books, and I'm glad we're uh, touching base so quickly after the draft. Um, really, you know, disappointed I couldn't make it there live, but it seems like you guys had a great time and uh, excited for this new software, I'll call it, with CBS. Uh, it's been fun poking around the last couple of days and just pumped to get going tomorrow with the uh, opening day. Couldn't agree more. You, uh, you were definitely missed at the draft, and uh, it was tough not having the, uh, the champ there, but uh, um, everyone was wondering this, uh, this question, so I got to ask it. You feeling like a repeat? <laughs> um, I, I didn't feel too great about my draft last year, and I'd say I feel pretty similar, so in that weird way, um, maybe I'm right on schedule, but we'll see. Um, it's going to be different navigating some of the new categories and rules we have. So we'll see, but hopefully we can uh, keep that success going. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, we'll all be uh, uh, kind of rooting for you. Kind of not, you know, yeah. we're, we're gunning for you, but uh, so Kevin, how you doing, man? Hey, Steve. Thanks for, I'm excited to be one of the first dual guests in uh child's chasers podcast history. Um, and it, it, great time of the year is my favorite one of my favorite times of the year we're going on year 17 of this league which is crazy um wow and uh yeah we thanks for everybody that, come, that came to the draft live it was a blast uh hope to do it again next year and i'm feeling pumped we've got a new platform got some new rules we've got new new rosters uh we got new rules in actual mlb baseball to look forward to and we've got a, a phillies team that looks you know locked and loaded and ready to compete again so you know i, I it's one of the, the the most excited i've been going into a baseball season in a while i think everyone would second that uh those comments you made kev could not agree more and uh that that first one really sticks out to me just our 17th season uh we're getting close to being uh able to legally drink in the United States. That's pretty wild here. Uh, are we going to do something big for the uh, 21st birthday? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We didn't do anything for, I guess, our sweet 16. Um, but I, we, we, had, we had a good showing for the 17th birthday this year. It's absolutely crazy. It's crazy to think about the, uh, uh, the beginning of the league to where we are now. I know you and I touched on it last year in the, uh, the opening episode we discussed, but uh, just from 
from a time where the analytics were just watching Sunday night baseball to now uh, analyzing different spin speeds on uh, fastballs versus cutters. It's like, uh, how do we get here and where do we go next? Do you think you could name in, in uh, this is totally off script, but can you name one player who is uh, still active that was active in our first year, 2007? Wow. I think so. I think there's only one, right? Or there's probably two. I, I think there's probably more than we we are thinking of, but just I'm curious if you could name one or two. I would say Miguel Cabrera. Well, he retired, right? Did he retire? Mike, can, thought, you, can you be a voice of reason here? I thought he was still in the league. He definitely so didn't too. do his victory lap like Pujols did. I, I think he's still out there. Yeah, because I think he's going for the hits record, right? Kevin, I'm looking Where at this right he? now. Yeah, he's on the Tigers. He has um oh, I thought he retired. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's so that's one of the players that we didn't expect. Uh Kevin, <laughs> over under 75 career war on Miguel Cabrera. What are you saying? I'll just go over. It's under. Mm. Oh, Wikipedia 2023. He's announced it's his farewell season this year. So there you go. Oh. Oh wow! Are we going to dedicate this uh, the Chalice Chasers this year to uh, Miguel Cabrera's farewell season? It's it seems it seems uh, kind of par for the course, seeing how we've all had a uh, a, a time where Miguel Cabrera has done great things for us. <laughs> yeah, I can I can very vividly remember talking to you and other people, being like, "Man, Miguel Cabrera, you know he's only twenty six. You know he's only twenty seven, and now he's thirty nine. Um, so those days are over." Okay, so Mike, you weren't playing in the league in 07 when we started, but uh, um, do you want to guess next? I just guessed Cabrera. Who do you who would you throw out there? Huh, that was my initial thought. I'm trying to think how long. Okay, so that's 16 years. Does that catch some of like Scherzer or Verlander? It's probably too soon for them. Verlander is correct. Yeah. Um, wow, page now. And first year was 05. Got started a little after that, but he just seems so old. Verlander was 18 and 6 in 2007. Wow. That was one of his better years because he, he had some tough years there. Kevin, definitely, I feel 100% confident on this one. Adam Wainwright? Yeah, that's that's the other one that came to mind for me, too. He's He was there, too, for sure. Right. And then um, Julio Franco. Yeah, that, that guy's still <laughs> somewhere. So I never thought, Mike, we'd talk about Julio Franco on two different podcasts, but we did. <laughs> get in the record books. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm going to have to slip him in on any podcast I ever get invited to. Julio Franco retired in 07, so that was his uh, farewell tour at age 48. <laughs> age 48. That is nuts. <laughs> so is that so, the complete uh, list or just, just the uh, notables? I, those are some notables. If, if anybody wants to throw any others out there that we're missing, go for it. So, uh, so then I guess we'll just jump right into this, guys. I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing a little bit of a, uh, uh, a draft of the draft. And so what I mean by that is uh, obviously we have opinions on people's picks, whether we love them or hate them. And I thought maybe we would each draft – three picks that we loved and three picks that we hated. And it could be a fun way to kind of review the draft. And again, keep, um, you know, uh, 
all of this is opinion based. None of this is factual. So I'm sure some of these, uh, these hates could end up being great picks, but uh, what do you guys think about doing something like that? It's rock and roll. Um, I guess some quick ground rules. We're saying we can't take, we can't choose any of our own picks one way or the other. Like I could choose yours, Steve, or you could choose mine, but I can't choose mine. You can't choose yours. Right. Yes. Yes. I like that idea. And then I guess uh, just is, is it worth throwing out like our settings for people that are listening so they understand why we may not. Uh... Oh, Kevin, you bring up a great point because we have a very international reach on the podcast. So I think that makes perfect sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, we, we uh, so we do. You want me to run through them or do you want to take it? No, I, I think you should run through them. I'll, uh, I'll look up to see if we've added any new countries in the interim. <laughs> Hitting. So it's five by five. We're doing runs home runs rbis stolen bases and then ops uh, which is a new one for us and then on the pitching side we're doing era whip k's and then we're doing save plus holds which is new and quality starts uh so we've gotten rid of wins uh we've, we've added in holds to the saves um and uh yeah so that is uh that's that's the way we do it we're also our settings we're doing you have to start three starting pitchers have to start two relief pitchers uh and then three sort of wild card spots for the pitchers thanks for that rundown it's going to be fun trying that stuff out this year uh since i'm looking here i i see we have jakarta in southeast asia we've got singapore we've got south korea i don't know if we highlighted these last year and how many are new but uh I think this year we're going to kind of leave off where we uh, discussed last year, trying to broaden our reach to South America and Africa. So again, if anyone has anyone out there listening in those areas or wants to follow a really uh, niche fantasy baseball league that added OPS this year in those continents, please, uh, please shoot the link over. It's the Chalice Chasers podcast. So now that that uh, quick advertisement is aside... <laughs> Uh, let's let's hop into this uh, this draft here then. So what do you what do you say we uh, we have the uh, the most recent champ go first and we'll uh, we'll start with the uh, um, the likes and then maybe we'll do the don't likes uh, afterwards. How's that sound? Oh man, I was I was ready for a don't like. Oh, that's you the, know the, that's a little negative. That, that, no, I love that. Let's actually go with the don't likes first if that's what you're ready for, and that's uh, I think that's a better idea. We'll do bad news first. Uh, this is kind of funny because I'm trying to, we were saying earlier how the the CBS, it, it's kind of, everything's tied to the team name. Like in ESPN, I feel like the owner name is always right next to it. So I'm live here trying to figure out who pitcher Pinocchio's is, but I was a little surprised when Larry took uh, Hunter Green as early as he did. I oh, wow. obviously a guy who can pop and, um has all the pedigree that you know at some point will hopefully be a really good pitcher um but i was surprised he went before some big names um i, I know you darvish and manoa went after him um which is ironic because he was on larry's team last year and pitched well so uh as a guy who likes to you know make some bets on some young players i, I was surprised by that one and i think maybe there's some bias in there because i got burned uh, streaming with him uh, more than a few times last year. So that's my 
Wow. My I first question, it. Mark. Absolutely love it. Kevin, is uh does that take someone off your big board? He was definitely on my board. Uh, but that it was not gonna be my first pick. So I, I'm in the clear here. Um and, and I agree with everything you said, Mike. Um there's some there's some really really spicy starting pitcher names that went off the board after after Hunter Green. Um, so he needs to play really well. But I'm going to go with somebody also taken in the fifth round, but two picks earlier, and that's Anthony Rizzo uh, to Team Danny. Um, this, to me, I, I think it kind of got some gasps at the live draft. There, there were definitely gasps in the room when this happened. Big um, gasps. Big gasps. Um, and I think it, you know, Anthony Rizzo, we know what he is at this stage in his career. He's going to hit, you know, 25 to 30 home runs. He's going to have a low batting average. Counting stats are going to be dependent on, you know, how healthy he stays. It, it felt like a kind of a reach at a position that was that was dwindling. All the big guys came off the board. And, um, yeah, that's that's my pick here is Anthony Rizzo. I love that. Do you think uh you think that was a contrarian pick or do you think that was a uh um you know kind of the latter that like you said about a little bit of a um run on first baseman? I think it was a panic pick. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe a little harsh, but uh that's my week one opponent and uh Anthony Rizzo, feel free to prove me wrong. I would love to see Rizzo uh, prove you wrong there, but I, I kind of have to agree with you. Uh, Mike, was Rizzo on your big board? He was a, uh, a big star for Team Gleason last year, um, but with this spot, you know, a, a little early, I would have to agree. I am curious. You mentioned the gasps. Was there a, a gasp big board? Is there uh, some rankings coming out of the draft on the biggest gasps? Oh, I Kevin, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like we may need a gas big board. Mike, you may not like who's at the top. Yeah, I, I think I, this kind of is the gas big board right here. Yeah, I think there it should is. be some overlap. And yes, I am anticipating my uh, defending some of the uh, against the gasps. Well, so, all right, then I will go to mine here. I was going to keep it kind of all like stay away from the gas and maybe go a little uh, for the deeper cuts, you know, the stuff that, uh, um, you really have to dig deep into Phil Collins' catalog to find. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, – I feel I feel tough piling it on to this guy because he's going he's gonna to end up having a great season. I know it. But uh, I'm going to go with Danny, too, here on round four, Dalton Varsho at 39. Uh, I'm going to take that one off the board. I just – I love the idea of Varsho playing in the outfield on a stacked team, but I just don't see how that guy's the 39th best player in – uh, in the league this year and how there weren't a lot of guys uh, going ahead of him. So again, I would love to be proven wrong, but I'm going to take Varsho off the board there. Wow. Interesting pick. He wasn't, he actually wasn't on my board here. What do you think about Varsho at 39? Like, was that someone that you would have considered there or uh, what do you think? I, I think Varsho could have a good year, but yeah, that, you know, probably drafted a little bit early. It might've been something where, Danny wanted to build his team a certain way and figured he wouldn't be there, you know, at the after the turn or something like like after when he gets on the clock next. But uh but you know, I mean it's I don't know. Varsho could be, you know, top top two or three catcher. We'll see. Okay. 
So we will see. All right. So Mike, let's, uh, let's go back to you. Uh, who, who are you going to take next? I was a little surprised that I don't know if this is too deep of a cut, but I was surprised uh, where Strider went. I, you know, right after DeGrom at the top part, um, I, I think there's a lot of rankings out there that have him right in that category. I will be surprised if he really pitches the full year to the point where he's in the conversation for quality starts. And that's one of the reasons I stayed away from him. I think with our, our change there, you need a guy who's definitely going to be left in games. That's kind of one of the reasons I went after Alcantara. It's like, you need a team that will just blindly leave them out there. And with a bullpen like the Braves have, I, I would just be surprised that if they don't limit his innings. Um, so I thought he went a little early, especially with right between DeGrom and Verlander. Um, but another guy with huge pedigree that could easily prove me wrong in this given year. I think your analysis uh, is probably spot on. I uh, um, I really think that's an interesting one there because he does have so much upside, right? But uh, just our formatting with the quality starts doesn't make a lot of sense. So um, I like that pick. It's definitely uh, non-consensus and it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. Uh, he, he's, he's such a hard one for me. I had to stay away from him because I knew I'd just get it wrong either way. And so be interesting to see what we have there. Kevin, any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, he's just – he's so good. Like, I, I, I can't really knock this one too much. It's just, you know, you're taking an amazing top 10 potential pitcher talent there. Yeah, maybe the quality starts don't come, but you're, you're probably going to get everything else, and he wasn't going to be there. Uh, you know, if this is a guy that Larry wanted, he wasn't going to be there if he waited. So um, just go get him. But, uh, no, I, I understand the, the concerns for sure. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh you just got to go get your guys sometime. So, Kevin, speaking of going and getting them, who are you uh, going to take here in the second round? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's <laughs> far too late uh, for this guy to be coming off of our draft draft. Uh, don't like gasp board. But um, JT Real Muto, round two. Team <laughs> defending champ Gleason is my pick here. Wow. Shots fired. Yeah, you know, I, I knew this one was coming. Um, when I made the pick, I felt pretty confident. I obviously knew it was ahead of schedule. And I honestly didn't think he would make it back around, which I think was kind of a made-up scenario in my head. But watching how late some of the other catchers, and I'm obviously a big Will Smith fan after last year, seeing how late I could have got him, um, when he's, you know, just a notch maybe behind JT. Hurt this pick and maybe uh, validated some of the gasps. But I think coming off of, you know, fantasy football, where if you can lock in one of those top tight ends or quarterbacks, and um, even if it looks a little weird picking them early, uh, sometimes it's just nice having that cornerstone. So I, I'll chalk this up as my... Uh, Philly's reach of the year. Hopefully he um, plays a little bit of first base and uh, hopefully some extra games from what a normal catcher would play. I would say the Gasper warranted though. It's going to be fun to watch uh, for sure. 
if it get, if it makes you feel any better, I had Real Muto the year that I I won, and I think part of it has to do with uh, even though it was a you know a seven week season, it is nice having a cornerstone there that you don't have to think about who you know is getting at bats. Kevin, sure. when you when you've won in the past, you generally have a uh, um, a stud catcher, or do you are you generally streaming uh, the uh, the ghost of uh, Chooch? No, I never stream. I always try to have somebody serviceable to good. I feel like I have like the worst I'll go is like a a Wilson Contreras type guy, but I always try to be like above that. And I think I actually won, I want to say in 2019, I had Real Muto. Um, or maybe it was 21. One of, one of those two years, I had Real Muto. So he has some serious, you know, title belt pedigree in the Chalice Chasers. Oh, wow. I think you did have him in 21. Yeah, I think so. I think I am two years in a row. I know we can't look at that, but wow, that's actually interesting. Mike, um, that may have been the uh, the steal of the pick or the uh, steal of the draft. So, hey, well, I'm going to pick now, and I think this was hands down the worst pick of the draft. I feel so <laughs> confident in that. I should have taken it before I took Varsho. Um, I forgot that this guy was still on the big board, but uh, I don't question this at all. I think this is an absolutely awful pick, and uh, Kevin, sorry, man. But you took Fernando Tatis as the fifth overall player in the first round. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that off the draft board as the ultimate gasp. I think that that <laughs> was a bad. I'm putting my foot down, and I shouldn't be making these opinions. But I think that was a bad pick. And uh, I worst really pick in the that. draft, you said. I think worst pick in the draft. Okay. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not saying he's the worst player in the draft. He might be the most talented player in the draft. But just knowing that you're just going to knock off those first 20 days of April, in addition to the questions about coming back, I just don't know why you can't wait to see if you can snag him in the second round. Like, what were you thinking there? And again, I'm probably being overdramatic. Fernando Tatis, amazing baseball player, uh, no disrespect at all. But uh, I just thought it was a it's such a reach, and there's just the odds are so stacked against him, at least for the next six months, that uh, just would love to know what you were thinking. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a long storied history with Tatis here, um, and I'm determined to win this battle. Let's start there. Um, I picked him two years ago, I think also fifth overall. Uh, he hurts his shoulder week two. Seems like he's going to be out for the season. I trade him for pennies on the dollar for Trent Grisham. He ends up hitting like 40 homers with like 25 steals and coming in runner up MVP. That really stung. Last year, I invested round three. With the broken wrist, uh, doesn't play the whole year. He gets suspended for PEDs. I just want this guy to play a game for my team. Uh, let's like that's what I want. Um, okay. And you know, and you know, we play really long seasons. I'm not worried about two and a half weeks of him not being in my lineup. I can patch that together. And I, the way I look at it, if you were to, if I were to tell you that you're getting, you know, 125 to 130 games of Tatis at the top of that Padres lineup with no off the field issues um, with the way he hit in the spring. Like, I, I don't think there's any question. He's a first rounder. Um, and, 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 you know, there's also, maybe this is just my narrative here, but this guy has something to prove this year. Um, so I think there's a lot of things that are working for a good season here. Is he, is, should he is five too early? Yes, absolutely. He's, he should have been a late first rounder, but I didn't think he would make it back to me. 
Um, and I just wanted to lock him up and take the risk um, and have a guy that if it clicks, I'll be, I'll be really happy about. Okay. Yeah. That uh, totally feasible. And uh, I'm rooting for you, man. I hope that he does play for you. It, uh, it kind of feels game. like, it kind of feels like you're sitting at the blackjack table and you just got a, what a four and you just look at the dealer straight in the eyes and said, double down. I mean, Mike, I'm you're a Tatis guy too. I know you are. Um, I'm I'm curious if I told you that Tatis was going to come back on April 20th, and maybe like one IL stint, but play the whole year. Where where do you think he's a first rounder? Like where where would you would would that change your opinion? Would you have taken him where I did? How do you think about that? I think you were right in the end of the first round maybe beginning of the second, he kind of has to go just for the upside. Um, I I was a little surprised at four but or five, but I like you said, that April is going to be long in the distance and obviously not pander here, but with you always being a part of the playoffs and figuring into that, I think you can bank on, you know, just putting up with April and getting him on the back end. So Assuming you were drafting a team for later and not the first couple of weeks, I, I don't absolutely hate the pick at all. And I think I would have nabbed him before it came back around if that helps you sleep a little bit at night. Yeah, that does help me sleep a little bit. And and look, that's what I have my Lars Newt bars for is to get me through April. So just You got that Newt bar in your pocket, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm playing the Newt bar card. No, I, uh, I'm definitely harsh there, and I'm rooting for you, but I'm going to take him off the board because it just feels like a, uh, a no You have to. You have to call it out. It's It was an early pick. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, most guys uh, aren't as good when they have to stop taking steroids, but we'll see. You never know. <laughs> um, so, all right, let's run through this this uh, this final round of don't like. Uh, we're, uh, um, we still have a, a whole section of likes to get to, so – Mike, you're on the board. Is there anyone else that you'd uh you would uh, throw up on that gas board? Yeah, maybe not a gasp at the time. I think playing Monday morning quarterback here, Tim took the first leap of faith on a closer. And I, I think it's just kind of how you look at the relief pitcher position now that we're combining it with saves. But if you look at the history after that, like my real Muto pick, they're you know, there's a couple rounds in between him and guys that are pretty similar in terms of what you would expect. So um, I think Tim might be regretting jumping that early, but totally understand getting a cornerstone guy. Just think with uh, the holds added in this year that it might be a little bit of an overvalue for Clayce. I, th- I think um... – that seems right, right? Like everyone, everyone kind of was a little more lukewarm on closers, but uh, that one Tim got is uh, well, well ahead of the rest. Is that Class A? Did he take Class A? It could be. Yeah, I don't do a lot of. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be doing was... a lot more Guardians this year. Oh yeah, yeah, you will. Uh, but uh, okay, so I. But um, I am I... curious. Sorry, Steve. I was just going to say, I am curious where Edwin would have gone. Um, I know you're trying to motor through this segment, but no, 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 it's an interesting part of just drafting later this year, which was good. I, I totally agree. It would have hurt to have Altuve on your team just a few days prior. 
Uh, my guess is Edwin probably would have gone ahead of Class A, right? Like, people just, For sure. yeah, people really were buying in. Plus, with the Mets, with how many wins they'd get. Um, yeah, the Edwin one is uh, brutal. Like, I don't know if you heard us talking about it at the draft um, when we Zoomed. You probably didn't. Uh, but uh, people were people were talking about how Edwin apparently had a small tear in his knee like prior to the incident. And so it's just like a ticking time bomb. Oh, wow. That's yeah, so. a, it's a shame it happened on that stage too. Cause that was such a focus for baseball was getting through the world baseball classic. And if it was truly inevitable, that it just sucks that happened there sucks that yeah. happened overall. Mike on a, on a side note really quick. I know when you joined the podcast last, you gave a very uh, detailed analysis of Marlins park there in, uh, in Miami <laughs> For the World Baseball Classic, Marlins Park looked like it was rocking, man. That had to have been the biggest event they've had. Um, honestly, it, it makes you think what a, a Marlins playoff run would look like. I think we got one briefly during COVID, but outside of that, maybe just a couple concerts filling the seats in uh, that stadium. I don't know if you would even get as rowdy for the Marlins playoff run as you did for, you know, what was it, Venezuela versus the Dominican Republic? Like that was one of the most electric baseball atmospheres I've ever seen. So cool. I mean, they need to work it into the Olympics or hopefully maybe expand it. Um, it, it was just too cool to have as just an exhibition in the beginning of the year. Totally agree. So, uh, Kevin, who do, you, who do you have next year on your don't like board? Oh, I'm kind of torn right now I'm between two picks. Um, huh. I th- I think, and I'm sorry, Larry, to keep piling on here. <laughs> I gotta go with Yelich here. Um, he just feels like a little too early for Christian Yelich. Like this guy's been a mess for like three years, and. Yeah, I, I love Christian Yelich. I'd be happy to see him bounce back and prove me wrong. But I don't know. I'm just looking at some of the guys that went after him, and I'd rather have a lot of them um, in that sixth, seventh round. And, you know, just, I don't know, just such a, a guy that's had so many injury issues and has underperformed th- that many years in a row. I feel like you could have honestly maybe even waited around and got him on the way back. So I'll go with Yelich there, round six. Okay. I um I was looking at that one, Kevin. That's a hard one, right? Because of the um that kind of like second breakout. You know how some players like Paul Goldschmidt kind of did that where he yeah he went kind of quiet. He had that second breakout, but I just don't see it pointing that way for Yelich at all. It seems like his back is actually seriously messed up. Like Goldschmidt was never actually injured, he just kind of went cold. So I was looking at that one. He's won an MVP, I think. Like he's there's no question if he's hundred percent healthy, he's gonna be awesome, but Yelich. Yeah, I feel I feel like you, you know, if if you're gonna get healthy, he's had so long to do so, and he just hasn't been able to do it. It's kind of like you know the ship is starting to sail at this point. Yeah, I um I kind of agree with you there, and the power is zapped. So we'll see. I I rooting for the Brewers. Uh, would love to see a good Yelich. I've got him in a few uh, places outside this league, but uh, uh, certainly wasn't paying that price. I definitely had the uh, uh, the triple digits Yelich. Yeah, go Yelich, though. I'm, I'm rooting for you, too. <laughs> yeah, we all are. All right, so let's finish up this uh, this don't like section with I will take 
And I guess this one's not that spicy, but um, Connor, I love your draft, man. I'm going to take one one shot at you here, which again, I'm, I'm going to end up eating my words. I know it. I'll just take Corbin Carroll off the board at 50. Oh. Yeah. What, what was that response? <laughs> Whoa, Everybody loves meter. Corbin Carroll. What are, what are you talking about? That's why I don't like it. Um, man, I just uh, hitting in the big leagues is hard, and I know he had a little bit of uh, um, a little bit of success last year. But if he's got no power, he's not worth a fifth round pick. And I would love to be proven wrong here, but Corbin Carroll, I think, is a uh, probably, um, you know, in the top 150, not in the top 50. Wow. It seems to really be on the hype train because of the speed, but with the, with the stolen base rules changing, I just like, I feel like the speed premiums lower. And so like, I just don't believe the bat and for him to go 59, whereas, you know, someone like Bobby Witt last year went like 115. I'm not convinced Corbin Carroll's a better hitter than Bobby Witt. So, uh, I think that's a reach. And I think that the industry is wrong on how much love they have for him. But again, I want to preface this with Connor. I hope that doesn't come to fruition, man. That's just what, that's just the way I'm seeing it right now. I hope that he has a great season, but uh, I'm going to take him off the board just because it, uh, I felt like um, it was a bit of a reach. Spicy take. Spicy take. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move over to something positive. Let's uh let's give these guys some congratulations and uh, talk about the picks that we love and that we're going to fight over. How about that? Love it. All right, Mike. So uh, you want to start us off here with uh, maybe your first pick of the uh, the picks you, you really like? So I think Carter might have called it out himself for himself, but the Xander Bogarts, I, I just thought he slipped way too far and I was sitting there hoping – he would make it just a little bit further to me. Um, I just think in that lineup, playing with that huge contract, uh, I'm just surprised he went in round nine. So I'll keep it short because I know Carter touched on it in his piece as well, but it was just really sitting there shocked at how far he dropped. He did a babe call out. No, no. he Great Bambino, right? Oh, did he? He was calling his shot. I, I mean, he was uh, probably the most outspoken person at the draft. If uh, I could read from afar correctly, so he's calling his shot here. I love that. Uh, uh, for what it's worth, I really wanted Xander Bogarts, but for some reason, that news about the wrist, I just like scared, scared everybody. Me. Yeah, I've been burned before, man. I was burned on Tatis uh, in a different league once with the um, when it first uh, came out about the ATV crash, and so. Yeah, it was weird. Um, I think it's kind of funny how the next piece of news was Xander like correcting the the news from the day, saying how he always has had wrist issues and this is nothing new. <laughs> it's like I kind of wish, kind of wish you led with that, <laughs> but I like that pick. So, Kevin, um, who do you want to take off the board here? Second. Um. Yeah, kind of debating between whether to like reward later picks that I liked or look early in the draft. And, you know, I, I, I think um, this one's a little tricky. I'm kind of going to do a two-parter here, but I've criticized some of Larry's picks here, but, and, and forget about whatever trades were made after the draft, but 
getting Juan Soto at 12 when he's healthy for opening day is just like insane value. Um, totally agree. I, I never would have thought he would have fallen to 12. That's nuts. I'd have to agree. I think that's a great pick. Uh, he's just stud. Hopefully the oblique is nothing, but uh, I totally agree with you, Kevin. And the, the day of uh, trade, Soto for Trout. Has, have we ever seen a, a trade amongst first-round picks before? So that wasn't agreed at the uh, Penny Farthing or anything like that? I, I kind of just figured that was uh, behind the scenes. It was not. This was very um, – I don't even know how to describe it. It was almost like uh, – it, it felt like Carter didn't want to do it, but he was going yeah. against his better judgment, but – Really, I'm sure he woke up the next day thinking, "I'm glad I did it." So, we'll we'll be interest. It'll be interesting to follow that one along. But yeah, this was uh maybe an hour and a half after the draft. Car bomb trade. There was some major, <laughs> some major gamesmanship going on here. I, I was witnessing it firsthand. These two were drafting next to each other, eleven, twelve, sitting next to each other at the draft. And just kind of both in each other's brains think, you know, this one is going to take this guy, this guy's going to take this guy. And it seems like they both ended up with the guys they wanted, which was, you know, Trout and Soto flipped. Sounds like one of those shady deals where the one who makes the playoffs is going to end up with the other guy. Like, hey, I'll help you out. <laughs> just just watch for that as a commissioner. Keep an eye out. But also love Trout there, too. I mean, you know, you get Mike Trout. 11th or 12th or whatever but that's good value too it's great value so um love that love that take kevin i think that's a really really good one there i, I didn't have that on my board but uh obviously being a soto fan i really like it i um i'm torn here because there's a couple of them but i think i'm gonna have to go with uh carter and Degrom at 35 in round three. I just, I don't know, man. I feel like that guy is playing chess while everyone's playing checkers and DeGrom is really gonna, um, is really just fine. It feels like smoke and mirrors a little bit. And uh, to get arguably the best pitcher of the last decade in the third round, like, I know it goes against your quality start conversation you had about Spencer Schrider, but I just really like that DeGrom pick, so I'm going to go with that one. I mean, if he's out there, he's he's pretty much a lock for a quality start. Any concerns would just be if he's on the shelf altogether. So I, I like it as well. I think uh, it's pretty crazy for him to go as late as he did. I am in good company. So then uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap back around. Mike, uh, who, who are you taking next off the board? I kind of look at these picks similar, but also in the uh, top part of the draft here. I was just wowed with Ari walking away with Julio Rodriguez and Kyle Tucker. I felt like both kind of slipped in their own little ways. And honestly, Kyle Tucker, depending on what you look at, could have went with that first pick. Um, so I just think if I'm already, I'm really happy walking out with those two players, having as late of a pick as he did, uh, had me a little jealous, honestly, while I was waiting for the, uh, elapsed time. I think it was a uh, car bomb o'clock in there. Uh, while my second pick was coming back around, I, I was wishing I had a later pick. It, it might've been, uh, that time, uh, Mike, I was going to, 
I was between DeGrom and J-Rod there uh, for my uh, my number one like. I think stepping away at nine with Julio Rodriguez is unbelievable. Um, again, I just absolutely love it. Kevin, I hope we're not bringing back any PTSD for you in regards to uh, your first round pick not playing until uh, um, well after Easter. I, I think uh, Tatis finishes higher on the player Raider than Julio Rodriguez this year. Wow. Wow. We may need to broker a, some kind of a wager between Ari and yourself there. Uh, that, that's a very spicy take. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will be following that one closely. And uh, um, I just think it adds, uh, it adds appeal to your team having J-Rod. He, uh, He's just an absolute stud, and I'm hoping for uh, an, another awesome season from him because it's just so good for baseball. Uh, Kevin, who you t- who you taking uh, number two here? Um, I'm going to pander to Mike a bit here and uh, say O'Neill Cruz. Uh, I'm just I'm I get sucked into the hype, um, and this guy is a hype machine in terms of the tools. And I was kind of hoping he would fall the next round. He did not. Uh, so good job, Mike, in getting somebody that I will probably be trying to trade for all season. He's a guy I, I had my notes ready for. If uh, I, I figured he would fall on the do not like list. It was, it was a little bit early, but I think I said to you after you got to hit on at least one of those guys, not saying it's necessarily him to, uh, to really, you know, put yourself into the top of the league. So, yeah, like he's in the that uh, Luis Robert Buxton mold of like these guys you you make in a lab that could, you know, win win you the league by going 30 30 um, that you can get kind of cheap relative to the first rounders. So. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like golf hitting the uh, the young players. It's like you can get burned on so many, but if you just hit on one, the next year you're just coming back. It's mm-hmm. kind of how I felt like after Tatis didn't even really maximize him, and then Julio Rodriguez last year. Uh, I don't think I've ever hit on um, like a high end young guy before as it relates to. Uh, um, just like getting lucky there. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think I've ever, uh, I've ever been able to accurately predict those seasons from those guys. So I, I try to sh- shy away, but it, it is so much fun. Um, all well, right, that so was Acuna once upon a time, a few years ago, was it kind of in the same spot, Steve? So many of these guys, man, Acuna, yeah. Tati, Soto. I just wonder if they get figured out over time, like, or, you know, injuries and stuff. It's just, it's rare I have this, and to not go on too much of a tangent, I have this like bias where I, I tend to like compare everyone to A-Rod because I'm trying to look for that next A-Rod because he just did so much over such a long period of time. And like you just don't see that anymore. Even like, you know, your Mookie Betts, your Goldschmidt's, your guys like that, they just, they really ebb and flow. It's like rare that they just like mash year after year after year after year. And so um, it'll be interesting to see if we have one of those. I, I would think... Uh, you know, I would think Julio would maybe be one. Oh no, Cruz is one where I, I don't know if he's got the plate discipline to do it, but we'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, 
Next off the board here for me, I'm taking my guy. I'm going to I'm gonna have to pick someone from Link's team. This is totally emotional and not analytical at all. <laughs> uh, which I'm going Bobby Witt at 17 in the second round. I love Bobby Witt, man. Maybe it's because I watched him so much last year, but this dude can play baseball. Now, how that translates to fantasy baseball, we'll see. But I think that this guy is has real potential to be the next Mike Trout. He just – his swing is pretty. He's all around – defense, offense, just unbelievable. Uh, he had a, a part of last season where he just, like, seemed a little lost. And he also, all of April, was a little lost as well. And, I mean, can you blame him? He was 21 in the, in the bigs. And uh, when he's putting it together for a full season – I think 40-40 is the, the floor for him, honestly. Uh, and it just seems like with how much everyone and all the, the stat cast uh, aficionados really dislike him, I just feel like give me the give me the guy no one wants to take a chance on. Um, I, I love Bobby Witt this year, and I'm going to take him as, as my uh, second favorite like pick of the year. I was hoping he fell to me round two. Because he wouldn't have gotten past me. Um, I'm also a big Bobby Witt guy. Are you? I thought you were blowing smoke the night before when we were talking about him, and you were, you know, trying to play oh. hit games. You actually, so you you mean what you said? Like you, uh, you I mean, I took Devers. I was, I was De- Devers in round two, so I was clearly looking third base. Um, and you know, De- Bobby Witt is just like more exciting than Devers, and has probably a higher ceiling and. I don't think that Royals lineup is as bad as people make it out to be. And I think, you know, Bobby Witt is a legit, like, you know, blue chipper. Um, so, he, you know, I think 40-40 is a little crazy, but I think, you know, maybe 25-25, you know, something like that every every year is like, you know, that's that's Mike Trout numbers right there. It really is. I'm going to do a great Bambino here and call my shot. He's going 50-50 this year. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'll take that bet. Yeah, 50-50 minus odds. It's like calling your shot with DeGrom on the mound. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So, uh, all right, well, let's uh, – I know we we're going to, um, you know, try to fly through this here. I think we're running up on uh, uh, an hour or so. But, uh, Mike, who who's going to be your last one off the board here for your likes? I'll give you and not – you know, just trying to secure an invite back at a future time. But uh, Miguel Vargas was a guy that I had highlighted on my my spreadsheet. I didn't think he went. And then I was just trying to figure out frantically where he was or I was like spelling his name wrong. And then I realized you took him. Um, I You talked about how you haven't hit on one of those young players. I think you have a real good shot there, especially in that Dodgers lineup. Wow. You'll definitely get an invite back. Those are, uh, <laughs> no, uh, I had to take, I, it was a late pick though. If you'll notice, I took them later in the uh, draft and because uh, I was thinking the same thing as you, like a lot of upside, but I just can't spend any, any draft capital early on because it doesn't work out. So I thought uh, where he was, uh, um, it was good value. Mike, I had the same issue as you with a couple of players, like not finding them, looking for them. Some had already been taken, some had in, it was a, uh, um, you're really under the pressure, even with a generous three-minute time clock. It must have been tough in the uh, being live. I will say, I don't, I don't know if I felt any benefit to being in my own room, but 
definitely uh I, I think you guys got to see the players go and stuff so it's a little different I, I felt a little bit advantage but i think it's because the person sitting next to me uh brooklyn omen uh greg uh threw his paper on the, the table at round 12 and said um you know he did a mic drop it was like we do what we need to do let's just finish now i'm like we're halfway through this is great news <laughs> the perfect team yeah, right. It's like uh, there's going to be some nice options here for me. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a, a different beast when you're in person. But, uh, Kevin, what are you thinking here for the second pick? Um, third pick? Yeah, so apologies if I didn't name a like for your team. I did go through and I've highlighted a like on every person's draft. So there's somebody I like on every team. Uh, but I, we don't we don't have twelve picks here, so I gotta be choosing. Kevin, Kevin, you'll be invited back. Don't worry, man. Okay, very <laughs> inclusive. Uh, you know, I, I everybody made picks I like, but I gotta go with one that I really it just keeps sticking out to me. It's just I think it's just great value, and then when I see what the team is doing, I really really like it. And that's uh, Pete Alonzo round three. Wow. I I was so I was thinking about taking him round two was praying he would come back to me around three. And I think, I think I like Sean's strategy of just mashers. Like, and he's got him, man. He went judge Goldie Alonzo in an OPS league. My gosh, like, you know, he, that, that team is going to be a force uh, offensively every single week. And I think he patched together, you know, you can patch together maybe the steals later uh, with the, with the bigger bases and the new rules. And I, I just really like the direction that team started off in. And I think Pete Alonzo could, you know, either be a late first round, early second round caliber bat, uh, that he got in round three. So really like that. Nice. Um, that's an interesting one. It's going to be fun to see what he does this year. Have to say Pete Alonzo just fantasy wise, I think he's a great player, but what the way he, uh, Oh yeah, you the way the way he carries himself on the field, he's just not. Uh, he's not one of my favorite. Mike, do you have any opinion there? As a Phillies fan, do you? Uh, yeah, he was on my he was on my do not draft board, and that has yeah. nothing to do with baseball. <laughs> I love that. So I'm not I'm not alone there. Uh, I remember that home run derby. Oh, I, I think you sold all your Pete Alonso stock, Rainey, at that point. Oh my goodness gracious! I uh, um, I just can't take another Pete Alonso. Homer and Derby, um, like just antics, but that's for that's for a different podcast. Maybe maybe we'll uh, we'll save that for another time. Uh, again, uh, like the pick, Sean. Don't like the actual player, but uh, he's a stud, though. I have to give him that credit. He is a he is a hell of a baseball player. So uh, my final like here, I'm gonna throw some love to my man Tim. Uh, I think Kevin Gaussman could be one of the top pitchers in the league this year. And the fact that he got him in the fifth round at uh, pick 55, um, I know that's probably around the time that you would take him, but uh, I just think it's an absolutely great pick. And on a really good team, he's going to get the quality starts, uh, probably keep the ratios down. His stuff is pretty nasty. Just really like that pick. So I'm going to give uh, give some love to Tim there and uh, wish you were there in person as well, Tim. But uh, I really like the Gaussman pick. Not sure if you would have made it in person. Tim, if you're, if you're listening, can you call into the Chalice Chasers hotline? Because I think you've had Gaussman like five straight years, Tim. He, he always has Kevin Gaussman. Am I wrong about that? 
you might be right. I we don't have the ESPN link, but maybe he'll uh when he listens to this, he'll uh he'll send a message in the group. That's how we'll know if he actually got to the end, like you guys yeah. have done in the Bruce Brothers. Uh so if we if we get some uh some Tim responses tomorrow, we'll know he uh made it to the uh the hour mark. So well guys, this has been fantastic. Uh I think this is um a great way to start off. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm so excited for tomorrow. I think it's going to be so much fun. And I just, I love opening day. It's the best, man. I, I just love how every team's playing tomorrow and uh, excited to get the MLB TV up and kind of just bounce around. Couldn't agree more. Kevin, uh, are you going to be MLB TV? You're going to be streaming on your phone? How, uh, I know you generally are a, a big game caster. So, you know, it, you're waiting for it to load and then all of a sudden you see Homer and you, your heart skips a beat. How are you? Gonna yeah, I think I, I, I'm going to be MLB TV, though, tomorrow for sure. Um, got some pitchers on on the bump. Some, some exciting Mitch Keller action. Um, it's going to be a good one. Wow. Exciting Mitch Keller action. <laughs> Out of all the people <laughs> going tomorrow. That's my guy, Mitch Keller. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's too great. Well, guys, I under seven. Let's go. Um, you know, uh, pirate on opening day is always risky, but uh, what what do they say? Fortune favors the bold. Somebody's got to be the ace, right? Or you just got, or you got uh, um, a a, hand, a handful of jacks, but we'll see. <laughs> So, well, guys, this has been awesome. The first dueling podcast uh, where we've had two guests on. Uh, absolutely uh, love the 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 heat that was brought from everyone. And uh, I wish you guys nothing but a success, success this year. And I wish everyone in the league nothing but success. I think it's going to be a great one. And uh, do you guys have anything to kind of add before we uh, wrap this up? I'll just end by saying I uh, appreciate you having us on. This was uh, a great way to kick off the season. And like I said before, just really pumped to get going, especially on uh, our new home in CBS. Yes. Yes. We're no longer uh, um, vagabonds on ESPN. We're now, uh, we're now official. And so we'll, uh, we'll have to break in this new home. And then uh, Kevin, again, appreciate you coming on here. And the uh, um, yeah. only thing I want to say is, Guys, let's keep this streak going and uh, have one of the three of us uh, win this year, and then we can come back next year and keep this this streak alive. I was wow. uh, I was looking at the the history part of the CBS, and I don't know. It, it's going to be hard to point people back to ESPN titles once that gets too filled up. So we'll always have the chalice, but I feel like first year you got to show well to CBS. Yes, that's another great point. It's uh you gotta uh you gotta break in the new home. So everyone we're gonna have targets on our back now. I'm sure everyone listening to this is like, uh, I don't care if I win or lose, I just gotta make sure one of those three don't win. So uh guys, so much fun. Really appreciate you coming on and uh good luck this year.